0: I've seen some forty fives. seen I've, Some 45ers? I've seen some forty fives. They get low, man. And, they get and, low. and you're expected to get down there with them. So it's, that's their version of a handshake. So you gotta you gotta respect it. You know.
1: My name's Noel Lack, and your favorite athletes know a lot more about business than you think. Welcome to Athletes and Assets. Let's go. I'm joined by guy John Mooney, professional basketball player, uh, former Notre Dame legend, is in Japan uh, gearing up for his third season with Chiba Jets. Yes, sir. John is uh, has had a great career so far, and I'm glad that we get to chat with him and see where his head's at in terms of his business acumen. And I'm going to put John to the test. But John, let's skip the small talk. You know Japan, big gaming country, right? They've come out with some pretty incredible video games. I don't even know if you're a gamer. I, I just want to give you some trivia just to see if you, if you got it. Shouldn't be super tough. Can you name me three iconic games that the Japanese have created? Uh, super
0: Mario. Um, man, I don't even know. that This is, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if, I don't even know if Super Mario is the right answer, but I'm going to go Super That's Mario. That's one. No, you, you, you're, you're one for one right now. Uh, I'm going to go Sonic and... I'm gonna go um, Mortal Kombat, dude. Those are complete guesses, so we'll see. Are you fact checking me?
1: I'm fact checking you. Okay, Sonic. Yes. Um, it's so funny because when I when I like prepared this question, I had three in mind, but like I didn't bother to go look at more
0: than three. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I didn't go look at more than three. So you're two for two, and then Mortal Kombat. Ooh, I don't think Mortal Kombat. Um, I can't confirm that that was developed in Japan. Um, Honestly, two for three. I'm good with that. Two for three. Yeah, two for three is not bad. It's not bad at that. all. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's um, I did some research on, you know, Japanese business culture. You're in Japan right now, and obviously, you're all in on hoops, right? Like, it's pretty evident that you want to play as long as you can. Um, you know, you've been in the you've been in the pro game for a couple years now, and obviously, like stats it show you're in it. But I'm not here to deflect you from that but we got to get you smarter on this Japanese business culture. Maybe you can, you know, educate me.
0: What have you noticed about, you know, the culture in Japan? Yeah, I mean, firstly, I, I love my time in Japan. Um, the Japanese people are great. It's a, it's a different culture, and it took me a little bit to get adjusted to, but I, I love it there. The the people are polite. They're very respectful, and in terms of, a, you know, just a business standpoint, they're very detailed. They have their own set of rules that you know, you have to follow and they expect you to follow. They expect you to know. And there's some pros and cons to that. But, you know, I'm playing on their turf. So I have to abide by those rules and I have to, I have to learn them. And um, like I said, they're, they're a smart group of people. The culture is great. And, uh, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed my time there.
1: What was, what was your like welcome to Japan moment culturally when like someone had to tell you, hey, John, like, don't do it like this. You
0: need to do this. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that kind of stands out about Japan, like I said, is they're very rule based and they have their own set of rules that you have to follow. For instance, this has nothing to do with business, but it kind of paints a picture. Sure. When you're going when you're going through a mall or you're going through a subway station, whatever it may be, and there's an escalator, everyone stands on the left side. It's kind of like a line. And if you wanna walk up, you can walk up the right side. But if not, you better be on that left side to let other people pass. So when I was there, I was kind of on my phone, mind my own business. And I'm standing on the right side, not moving. And someone looked at me like, are you crazy? And they kind of like <laughs> pulled me over. Um, but that kind of just paints a picture like they have their own set of rules. And, um, you know, if you go in there and you kind of mess it up, they'll look at you funny.
1: I thought like when we're in American airports and you're going down sort of the, the walking the flat escalator. And even escalators themselves, like we are, we're, we, we line up on the right side, right? And people pass on the left. You're saying here
0: you got to line up on the left side and people pass on the right? Right. Um, but it's, it's way more, you know, it's detailed. Structured. Like, yep. I, I, yeah, it's way more structured. Like in, when I came back to America, I was kind of noticing it. But people are kind of in the middle. They're on all different sides, you know, blocking yeah. traffic. Um, but yeah, you can't do that over there.
1: What about dress code? You, if you, you found like you need to dress differently when you go on like team outings or different occasions.
0: Um, I would say like my teammates, they're they're into streetwear. That's that's okay. kind of a big thing in Japan. Um, okay. there's, there's there's not really like a, a dress code per se. Maybe in a business setting, they're they're real formal. You know, they got the the black suit, they got the black tie and everything. Um, if if you walk through Tokyo and in kind of a business district, the financial district, you'll see, I mean, everyone's dressed up to a tee, but um, street culture is definitely a big thing over there in terms of uh, everyday fashion.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, well, I've done some research, and maybe some of my findings could help you as you continue to thrive in Japan and get more business opportunity. I wanna make sure you're prepared, on, like you know what you're doing. Um, so uh, let me show you one thing that I learned from from research. Like. Business cards in Japan are everything. So if like someone hands you like a business card, and this is like old health and care insurance, like this isn't a rare card, but like apparently uh, in Japan, if someone hands you a business card, like that is a symbol of them. This is part of their, of who they are. And so, you know, I've, according to my research, it is not in your best interest to just shove the, the business card in your pocket that's disrespect. That's the smoke. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like the, the best, I think that the best way to do it is to have a wallet, put the business card in it, and then put it somewhere on your torso. Maybe you have like a frocket here yeah. um, that you could put it in. But that was a big one that I thought w- w- was, uh, was interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, I, I think in terms of Japan interactions, respect is a big thing. You know, if, if you, you know, shove that Business card in your pocket, you're you're ducking them some smoke, like you kind of said. Yeah, (laughs) but but like another another thing that I picked up on is bowing. So like when you go there, you bow. Yes, yeah. You're you're expected to bow lower than the guy who's bowing to you as a sign of respect. That's kind of you know another another thing that that that, that that is exactly
1: that is exactly the next thing I was going to talk about. So according to my research, there's there's three types of bows. I guess I'll start with the 15 degree angle. Like, bowing, f- bowing 15 degrees um, is the more casual, like, hey, I see you, neighbor. Hello, right, yeah. Hello. Also, bowing 15 degrees and like, I'm looking you in the eyes is like what they do in martial arts. That's another, like, smoke causer right there, Like right? Bowing, like, you got to bow at a deeper angle, which yeah. brings us into the 30-degree angle, which is sort of the business bow. Yep. And I think the one that sort of you mentioned, right? Like, you look at someone, bow 30 degrees, and that's the sign of business respect but you can't bow to the 45 to 90 because that is apparently the the deep apologetic bow that's like i'm so sorry sir and that bow is is just an exaggerated you know action so Dude, like i, I think I,
0: well i think you're right I've, I've seen i've seen some 45s i've <laughs> You've seen I've, some 45ers <laughs> i've seen some 45 Dude, they get low man and,
1: <laughs> get low. And,
0: and you're expected to get down there with them so it's it's pretty cool it's funny, like, you know, going over there, you don't really think of that stuff, but yeah, like it's that's that's just a part of their culture that I honestly respect because you know I'm pretty old school in terms of you know how I was brought up. You know, you shake someone's hand, you look them in the eye. But that's that's their version of a handshake. So you gotta you gotta respect it, you know.
1: That's crazy. You've seen a lot of forty fivers. I mean, you're you're six nine, right? You're a tall guy. You you just got off a big game, you're exhausted, your back hurts and you got to go meet someone after the game and and that that bow i know i know we don't think like this is like a big deal to a lot of people they're like no For what sure. are you talking about right now but hey i i know how the big man i know how it can get man
0: you gotta hit him with a 45
1: <laughs> yeah hit him with that 45 the eye contact's another one so apparently there's sort of a very indirect culture there and so like you said I'm looking you in the eyes and I'm shaking your hand, firm grip, et cetera. like that's like a direct approach. Apparently eye con and correct me if I'm wrong, but eye contact there is not that's not really the best way to greet someone. Aside from the bow, even if I'm shaking someone's hand, you know, to look at them below the eyes, like to more like the neck and mouth area, um, that's sort of more the appropriate to greet someone rather than staring at them because there's sort of an indirect culture there. Um and even in sort of a business meeting with um, the, the Japanese, to directly ask them, are you going to do this or are you going to do that, a, a yes or no question, um, I've heard that a suggestion is, is the way to ask versus like a
0: direct, you know, request. Yeah, I think that's accurate. You know, and I think as a, you know, as an American, we're kind of, you know, we're maybe a little more loud, maybe a little more confident in a way than, other cultures um yeah so as something that i've picked up on is like when you first come into a meeting or maybe you're meeting someone for the first time you don't want to be the guy who's coming up aggressive because they they get turned off by that a little bit Um, yeah so you're exactly right in terms of like coming up with a suggestion or i think maybe just getting to know them a little more um at first um one thing that i learned actually from a, a a guy that's outside of basketball just a friend over there who's a businessman when dealing with uh japanese pe- japanese officials or japanese you know business people you take them out before you start talking business you know you show them a good time you take them to dinner whatever it may be before yes. you actually start talking business so that's that's also pretty cool
1: that was going to be my last point man you're you're nailing you're like reading my mind right now so like the entertainment part of it and i'll talk about the pros and cons in a sec you know what I've, what I've seen is it's really appropriate to go entertain someone. So yep. take them out to dinner or take them to an event first, you know, show them a good time. Don't tell them, oh, you should order this. You should order this. Suggest the delicacies right. on the menu. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, it's like a gentle, graceful nudge to like direction you want to be in. Exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> Looking at this at face value, what, what I think that causes is obviously a better or stronger relationship, like less transactional, but really, I guess, getting to know someone first before you engage in some sort of um, deal. On the other hand, you know, America is such a competitive place, especially where I am here in the Bay Area, where people are racing to build companies as fast as they can. Speed of execution is a skill on its own. It's almost as important as the idea of the company. At the same time, like, if they do business a little slower, I can see how that can frustrate, you know, Americans that come over, for people from the West that that want to deal with them because, you know, obviously you don't want to be super transactional and, and, and shrewd, but at the same time you got to get stuff done fast, and uh, you can't sit there and entertain guys, you know, for an extended period of time. So I see like a pros and cons to, to, to this sort of style. For
0: sure, there's a fine line, and kind of like what what, what you said before you get into business with someone or before you, you know, sometimes you're talking big money. So you want to get to know them before you know, you put your eggs in that basket. Um so I think that's in a way something that I've learned and something that I can take moving forward, you know, in, you know, my professional career within basketball and outside of basketball. You know, meaningful relationships I think is extremely important in any organization, any team and any business and really anything, anything that has to do with life. I think is super important.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Did you read um, "Shoe Dog" by Phil Knight? I had. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Did he? Did he? he started the, this. First, it was like the Tiger shoes that he started to manufacture in, in Japan, and he yep. he talked a little bit about. And I, I just like this just reminded me of of how slow that they were to execute on orders and stuff. And Phil is like waiting at the mailbox for the for the new order of shoes from the Japanese, but they just take their uh, they took their sweet time.
0: <laughs> They take their time, but, like I said, they're detailed with it too, so that's why I don't know maybe in in terms of the automobile industry like Toyota and Lexus and all those cars they're they're great cars because it's detailed, and the Japanese people when they make something or when they when they produce something, they want it to be the best, so that's yeah you know, maybe another that's a pro to to their style as well
1: absolutely. I think we nailed that 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 on the head there. I appreciate you sort of breaking that down. I want to like switch gears here and and chat about the this exploratory phase you're going in man like you know you're going to be playing for a while but it seems like you have the right idea in terms of starting to form that next stream of income um and you alluded off air sort of around the real estate space what 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 have you sort of seen in that space that that drew you to it in in sort of this ideation phase what are we thinking here
0: yeah, I mean kind of like you said, my my plan right now and my kind of vision for the rest of my career, I want to play as long as I can. That's that's plan A, that's priority A right now and um certainly that's that's kind of where I have most of my attention and most of my energy going towards. Um but you have to start thinking about after basketball at some point. Um and and I think you can do that while you're playing. It doesn't necessarily mean you're you're putting all your eggs in that basket, but um i have a couple teammates who are maybe a little older who are at the tail end of their career and they've started you know doing some real estate stuff getting in that world and um certainly it's a it's a great way to produce um passive income or active income however you know hands-on you want to be in that world um but certainly it's something that's that i'm interested in and you know can I'm, i'm learning more about it right now and it's been great to be home this, these last couple of months to be able to, to work with some people down in Orlando, where I'm from, um, and, and kind of start drafting together a little bit of a team to, to help me and um, kind of move forward with it.
1: This, this interest originated back home, Orlando, Florida. You know, you're right by God, Disney World or Disneyland? Uh, Disney World. Disney World. But the real estate market is interesting around there. Have you learned anything or two about sort of the, the Orlando, Central Florida market that you could share? Yeah, I mean, that's- Putting you on, that's putting you on the something. spot here. But. Well,
0: no, I mean, I think Florida's market in general is, is, is growing and it's growing rapidly and I think it's only going to continue to grow because of the landscape of Florida in general. You know, taxes are low. There's no state income tax, right. so I think a lot of people right. want to move there. A lot of people that are maybe from the Northeast or wherever, they're, they're coming down to Florida, which is, which is great for, for business and it's great for real estate in general I and mean, people need a place to live. So, um, you know, that's, that's certainly an opportunity and even just where I'm from in the last three years, you know, I come back in the summers, there's, there's growth, there's businesses everywhere in the central Florida area. So that's again, another indicator of, 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 future growth and the population's only growing. So like I said, that's, that's the biggest opportunity in terms of real estate. Are you a residential guy or commercial guy? What interests you more? Yeah, more so the residential side. I think, um, right now that's, that's kind of where the initial plans are starting and then maybe you know graduate into the into the commercial space when I got my, my feet more in the ground a little bit.
1: I think if I invested in real estate, I'd be a residential guy because like I mean, I'm sure building investing in office spaces and stuff is big money. I don't know how interested I'd be in like building more cubicles for folks especially because right.
0: I don't want to be working in a cubicle. <laughs> like that's not my thing. No, for sure. <laughs> but like something that can, can go along with that point is at the end of the day, I want to provide a service to someone too like talk about money and money is certain. That's, that's the universal language, right? You want to make money and in any business deal, you want to make sure that you are making money. But yeah. at the same time, you got to think of like, why am I doing this? Like I genuinely want to help someone find a place to live because that's where they're going to be spending the majority of their time, right? Like helping someone or a family, whether they're, you know, just graduated college, whether they just started a family, whatever it may be, that's, a pretty great service you can provide to someone, um and you know I kind of like to find the why and something that you do and um again, like i said money's that's that's everyone's why at the end of the day, but like something that can drive you a little more is is finding something that you're passionate about and I'm certainly passionate about providing the service to someone
1: let's uh let's let's even get more granular than that so like obviously let's say we're and and maybe you're interested in multifamily homes or duplexes, but for the sake of this conversation. You know, let's say you wanted to invest in, you know, a home or a house or build a housing property. For me as someone who's not a real estate expert, but I can sort of break this down into stages. There's the, you know, the acquisition of the land, like seeing what land is valuable to build on. There is like the execution of the construction and like making sure you can build the house. Um, there's the, there's the architect side where you sort of vi- understand what the client wants and yep. construct a home around it. And then there's, or, and or if the client is not involved and that other stuff is already finished, then there's the side of it where it's like, okay, now, now it's like time to sell this thing. Of those stages, what, what is one that you're attracted to the most, right? At least like spent the most time in
0: so right now would be that last one right now my my vision for at least my first rental property that's kind of the, the game that i want to play at least at first just because I'm, I'm away for 10 months out of the year yeah um so i want to purchase something that's a new because i don't want to have to deal with you know repairs and the toilet bursting or the roof that's just a you know a huge cost that you have to incur so i kind of want to do something that's new um and then, you know, find a family that wants to live in it, right? And yeah. um, that's a great, again, a great way to have, you know, passive income. You know, you're getting a check every month. Um, and and like I said, I'm, I'm providing a service to that family. So at the at the first, you know, I definitely have aspirations to get to that the planning stage and the land stage and the in the architecture stage. But right now, it's more so that last one where i on, literally just buying a property that's already existed or maybe one that's going to be built. Um, and then, you know, having someone uh, rent it out.
1: Have, and may I suggest this to you, and maybe you've already done this, but I think a great place to start crawling there is, have you, have you considered Airbnb properties, like running, owning an Airbnb? I have. Okay. Have you done that before or you just considered it? No, I, I haven't done anything. I'm, okay. that's
0: kind of just the, like I, I'm kind of in that ideation I, phase, like you said.
1: I, I think that'd be interesting. Like, even if it was your place back in Orlando, or yeah. unless you live with your parents, I don't know if your mom wants some random stranger in your bedroom no no harm like either way i think that's a great way to like start you know getting into that because if you already if there's already sort of an apartment or property that um is is ready to be so for someone to reside in um you can just start off at the simple phase like you know how do sure. you sell how do you sell the place can you redo the furniture um pricing like understanding you know what's the proper way to price i had um my guy prince of Mukamara on who used to play 10 years in the nfl and was one of super bowl the giants he owns a bunch of airbnb um, properties and he gave this whole breakdown of like in arizona like scottsdale area and he gave this whole breakdown of how he had to he had to learn about price adjustment the hard way during super bowl weekend because he took a gamble and you know raised the price um when maybe he should have lowered the price for for uh, people looking to rent out Airbnb units. So it's that like micro example that like you know makes you learn so much at such a fast pace about pricing and stuff. So it maybe could be interesting.
0: No, absolutely. And I, well, I think the thing with me is I'm I'm pretty hands on in terms of how I learn. You know, I learn the best when I'm actually doing it. When I'm yes, I think experience is is the greatest teacher, right? And for me, that's kind of been the hardest thing where like I want to pull a trigger on something, um, but maybe I'm a little too meticulous, for lack of a better word, with my approach. It's like I want to get it right um, and I and I want to do my due, due diligence to make sure that I'm getting the right thing. Um, but it's experience is the greatest teacher, in my opinion. Like you said, you know, your boy Prince, he he, he learned the hard way while doing it. Um, so that's kind of the where I can grow is like I just got to put myself in in the game you know
1: yeah absolutely and shout out prince he's he's killing it i didn't mean to prince if you hear this man i i'm not i'm not shaming your game This uh we're we're learning from you you're you're a trailblazer so we appreciate it well this is great john well thank you so much for for joining me man and uh want to wish you the best of luck in your professional journey um, and, and look out for John on and off the court in and, and Orlando Real Estate. And hopefully we can uh, see make some, you know, Japanese business deals. Maybe become the Stefan Marbury in Japan over there.
0: There <laughs> yeah, we go, man. No, thanks for having me on, No, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, it was a great talk and always always love to expand outside of basketball.
1: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that, please subscribe on Spotify, or give us a like or a follow on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. You know where to find us at Athletes and Assets.